Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Touchdown, Chris Tyree! Yes! 98 yards! On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Wide open, touchdown Notre Dame! Lorenzo Styles. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. 531 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on the WSBT radio app. Darren Pritchett with you, joined by Spencer Holbrook. He covers Ohio State football for the On3 platform, Letterman Row, and he's going to offer Ohio State perspective on the top five showdown in Columbus Saturday night, 7.30 kick right here on WSBT Radio. Spencer, thank you so much for your time. Great to talk to you. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. You bet. Let's start with the Ohio State defense because, Spencer, based on what I've read and, and some of your writing as well, this Ohio State offense could have won a national championship last year, but the defense just wasn't good enough, including in that game against Michigan. They bring in Jim Knowles from Oklahoma State. Obviously, you haven't seen Ohio State play a game yet, but based on the intel you're getting and based on what you see in practice, are you expecting Ohio State to be able to take some big steps forward in this first game, taking on Notre Dame? Absolutely, absolutely. I think uh, you know Jim Knowles has said it the last couple of times we've talked to him, including today. This defense is, as he said today, 100% ready. Um, and I think that the install of his system is further along than he was probably even expecting it to be at this point um, in his tenure at Ohio State. But the bottom line is they paid him $1.9 million a year to come in and, and correct everything that went wrong the last two years. This is a program that's had the offense to win a national championship in each of the last two seasons and a defense that just simply could not hold up. And uh, on the national stage against better opponents and particularly in that run game where they got gashed by Oregon, they got gashed by Michigan, um, they, they just simply weren't good enough. And, and to bring in a guy like Jim Knowles, to not only revamp the defense, but kind of the identity of, of the way Ohio State traditionally has played defense uh, as a program over, you know, the, the tradition and the history of this program. It, they're kind of going in a different direction now, and, and the, the results seem to be uh, already popping up in practice. Now, as Ryan Day said a couple times, the proof will be in the pudding, but, mm-hmm. but all signs point to this defense being ready to go because they simply can't waste another offense like they have the last two years. Spencer, I get the sense that one of the biggest improvements on this Ohio State defense is going to be the defensive line. And that's intriguing because I think the Fighting Irish are very confident in their physical offensive line. They've got a lot of experience coming back along the offensive line. So I think this is going to be a fun matchup in this particular ball game. Ohio State was 25th in the country in run defense last year at 127 yards per game. And I think we're expecting here in South Bend, Notre Dame is going to want to establish the run. They're going to try to control clock and play keep away from C.J. Stroud. How ready is Ohio State's run defense for a physical offensive line and probably a physical running back that hasn't really been seen in Audric Estime? 
Yeah, it, it's interesting because the last time we saw Ohio State in a regular season game, they were being called a finesse bunch instead of hmm. a physical bunch by by Michigan. And and I I promise you, and I you know they they have taken that comment and made it one of the calling cards of the off season. Um, they they were basically told they weren't physical enough last year, and uh, this off season they kind of took that message and, and made it into a little bit of a, a rallying cry to to get more physical, to get more aggressive, to get more willing to to close those gaps and plug those holes in the running game. And that's not to say that they're not revamping what they're doing, you know, through the air. But I think you know when we talk about the matchup of Ohio State's defense versus Notre Dame's offense, everyone knows what that what that storyline is going to be. Run the ball, get the ball to Michael Mayer. Can you can you stop the run if you're Ohio State? Can you stop Michael Mayer if you're Ohio State? Those are the absolute two keys. And uh, uh, Larry Johnson, the defensive line coach for Ohio State, said two weeks ago he he expects. 12 guys could play on this defensive line. That's a deep, talented unit that has three former five-star defensive ends. It's got a couple guys on the interior that, that were really, really highly rated and then a bunch of top 100s. Um, and the recruiting rankings don't mean everything, especially when, when the ball, you know, when toe meets leather. But at the same time, um, there's a lot of talent there. There's a lot of experience there. And, and I think they're going to take a step forward because if nothing else, they were called soft last year. And, and they, they know that they can't be that way again this year. On 3.com, Buckeyes beat reporter Spencer Holbrook, my guest here on WSBT Radio. Letterman Row is the name of the website covering Ohio State athletics. On the offensive side of the football, my heavens, <laughs> you lose two high-end wide receivers. And Spencer, I feel like I know you're going to miss them, but at the same time, they don't even feel missed with the guys you have still on the field, including Marvin Harrison Jr., who's one heck of a backup last year, now into a starter's role. Just how much quality and how much depth does Ohio State have at the receiver positions? Yeah, it, it's kind of hard to to overstate how many different weapons they have in that receiver room. And I'm actually of the opinion that, that after losing Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, this receiving core has a chance to be better as uh, far as just top-end talent. Oh. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba, if you try, if you try to tell me someone else is better than him in the country, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to argue. It's, he's just simply so good. You know, 1,606 yards last year, 95 catches. Um, everyone knows what happened in the Rose Bowl. You better have a plan to stop him. And if you try to bracket him, double him, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr. is at 6'4 and, and is a physical freak. You've got Emeka Buka, who was the number one receiver in his class in the 2021 class. You've got Julian Fleming, who was the 2020 number one receiver. You know, we, we could talk about that that talent all day. At the, at the end of the day, they're going to roll out three or four guys onto the field at a time who were all really, really, really highly highly skilled, highly recruited, and highly touted guys who, you know, as long as number seven's back there, he's going to be able to get him the ball because he's precise, he's accurate, he's on time, uh, he's on point. Um, he, he looks like he's had a better offseason. He looks like he's going to, going to have a better season this year than he did last year. Um, this passing attack has a chance to be, um, you know, I'm not going to say historic because mm-hmm. historic would mean that 2019 LSU team that obviously had all those weapons. But, you know, I, if you tell me that it would rival that that unit, I'm not going to be surprised just because of all of it. And that's that's a lot of, like, you know, people asking if that's hyperbolic or anything. But you look at the talent level with a five-star back like Travion Henderson who had 1,000 yards last year, like, there's no reason to think this offense can't do what those historically great offenses have done when you look at all the talent that they have around it in the offensive line. So that's a long way to say, yeah, these receivers, I'm never not amazed by the, the room that Brian Hartline's put together at Ohio State. Spencer, as you think back to last year, was there any opponent against this Ohio State offense that did something that really affected quarterback C.J. Stroud? 
was there any opponent that – yeah, um, Michigan really affected CJ. I think he was a little rattled during that game. First of all, he was sick. Yeah. Um, and that's not to make an excuse for Ohio State losing, but CJ was was pretty ill. After the, he could barely talk after the game. He, 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 was, he was pretty ill. Um, but when you have two ge- generational when it comes to, you know, the talent level in Michigan, generational is the way to describe those defensive ends. If you can get to the quarterback, you can rattle him a little bit, and you could last year. Um, does Notre Dame have two defensive ends that, that can get to him with regularity and make him uncomfortable at every point, whether he's on the run, whether he's in the pocket? Can CJ be uncomfortable? Um, that, that also relies on Paris Johnson and, and Dewan Jones, two really outstanding offensive tackles, uh, you know, not doing their jobs. And so if there was one opponent on defense that, that really rattled Ohio State, I would say it's Michigan just because they kind of limited what Ohio State was able to do in that passing game. Did the snow affect that? Maybe that, that was kind of a weird weather atmosphere. Um, you won't have that on Saturday on the, on the new turf at Ohio Stadium. But, yeah, if, if you can replicate what Michigan did last year to rattle C.J., um, you, you've got a chance to slow this offense down a little bit. But that's not an easy thing to do, and you've got to have two really high-level defensive ends to be able to get it done. One thing about Stroud, he doesn't run a whole lot. 32 rushes last year, and as, as we all know, sacks count against rushing totals in college football. Is he a guy that could take off and run if he was needed to? I mean, I'm assuming – these receivers are so wide open. His protection is good. There's really oftentimes no reason to think about running. Yeah, but the thing about CJ, it's interesting, is he, he has the capabilities. His true freshman season at Michigan State uh, in mop-up duty, he had a 70-yard touchdown running. He was running away from safeties and corners, making them look like they were linebackers. Hmm. So, like, he has the speed and the ability he's, he, to do it and – to, to top it off, he's the fastest he's ever been, according to the strength and conditioning program coaches and, and CJ himself. Uh, he has all the ability to do it. It's just whether he needs to or whether he you know, really wants to. There was a time last year where I did feel like he didn't particularly want to run, whether whether that had to do with the shoulder that was lingering from mm-hmm. early season when he missed the game, whether that had to do with uh, you know just being uncomfortable as a first-time starter. He has the capability to take off and use his legs and. Uh, one time he did it last year when he needed to was a touchdown run against Michigan, and, of course, he got called back for holding. So, you know, the one time he actually did it, (laughs) it it was all for naught. But he definitely has that that in his arsenal. I just don't know if he needs to pull it out very often. I think he'll be a more willing runner this year as a captain, as somebody who, you know, as a tone setter is going to lower his shoulder if he has to. I could see him doing that a little more, um, but but he's not going to do it if he doesn't have to, and, and these receivers make it so he doesn't have to very often. Spencer, is there a weakness on this Ohio State offense? Is there anything you can point to that's a question mark going into the season? I would say just the unknown of a couple first-time starters on that offensive line, but but the fact is that they named their starting offensive line in, in March, uh, so they've really gelled together for a really long time. It's not been any question mark. Um, maybe you could look at running back depth if, if Trayvon Henderson goes down and, and then you've got Mayan Williams and a true freshman. Um, the tight ends are all pretty unproven. Jeremy Ruckert gone after last year. He's with the New York Jets now and having a really nice preseason. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe it's tight end. Maybe it's running back depth. Uh, but, you know, they replaced a five-year starter on the offensive line with a five-star top ten overall player in the country for his class, uh, Donovan Jackson at guard. You know, you, your new left tackle is a was a top five player in the country in, in Paris Johnson, who's expected to be, you know, an All-American. So, there's not particularly a weakness. Maybe if you ask me about the defense, I'd have a different answer. But if you're looking for weaknesses on this offense, you are going to be, you know, splitting hairs uh, mm-hmm. multiple times over trying to find exactly how 
how this offense is, is considered weak. My guest is Spencer Holbrook on 3.com. Letterman Row, Ohio State beat reporter, covers this Buckeye football program. Many believe the team outside of an SEC squad that has the best chance to win a national championship. And I might ask you that coming up in just a second. But first, being in the Big Ten, Brandon Joseph is one heck of a safety that came to Notre Dame from Northwestern, was a dynamic freshman, Spencer, with eight interceptions, had a good year last year, maybe not spectacular. Ohio State is familiar with Brandon Joseph. What are your recollections of Notre, or Notre Dame, Ohio State going up against Brandon Joseph? Yeah, it's kind of funny that you say that. I just remember uh, Justin Fields throwing an interception in that uh, slog of a Big Ten championship <laughs> game back in 2020. Uh, Ohio State couldn't throw the ball to save a life, and they had to rely on a record-breaking performance by Trey Sermon just to win a Big Ten title over a a scrappy Northwestern team, but obviously, I mean, it was very apparent who the best player on that roster, that Northwestern roster was, and it was Brandon Joseph. I think, I think he was the one who had the one-handed interception against Fields there in the end zone, um, which which was just one of the great plays that you'll see a defender make. Uh, but he's a great player, and, and C.J. Stroud definitely has the ability to look off safeties and, and make them second-guess where they are in, on the field and in their coverage. But if there's one guy, maybe on the entire Ohio State schedule, as far as defensively that's going to present some problems with C.J. Stroud, I would say it is Brandon Joseph just because of, of his ability to ma- manipulate a quarterback to, to to diagnose what's going to happen and be in the right spot at the right time. And So, you know, that's one area of emphasis. If C.J. Stroud is going to have a better year this year, he's got to be better against those safeties, and, and Brandon Joseph presents a really good challenge for him in week one. Spencer, Notre Dame is bringing a first-time starting quarterback to run the offense at the horseshoe a defense with a new defensive coordinator, wide receiving core that I think at this point we have question marks about. What is your perspective on this Notre Dame football team that's coming to Ohio State? I think that it's, you know, there's a recipe for a win. If you're Notre Dame, it's, it's defense running the ball, uh, timely play action or, or timely passes, and maybe a Tyler Buckner surprise run. Um, you know, I've seen Ohio State take on a top five team before Clemson in 2019, where Ohio State was was dominating that game, and, and Trevor Lawrence got loose and ran for a touchdown. I'm not comparing Tyler Buckner to Trevor Lawrence, but mm-hmm. if, you know, the quarterback run could be a new factor in this. Um, but I think that that's the recipe there for this Notre Dame team is just, you know, control the ball, keep it out of C.J. Stroud's hand, limit big plays, and and hope that things break for you right in the second half if you keep it close. Um, I, I think this is a really talented Notre Dame team. I wonder. Um, if you start to see the the recruiting rankings play out mm-hmm. into the third and fourth quarter, as we have before, when you when you talk about playing, you know some of those top level opponents that Notre Dame has played, um, and and you just wonder how how long it, it takes before Ohio State maybe takes control, especially in a night game, a hostile environment, week one of the season. Um, but I, I I'm not going to discount this team at all. I think it's a really talented squad that that will compete for a playoff spot, whether it loses to Ohio State or beats Ohio State. Mm. I know Notre Dame and Ohio State seems like more than ever going head-to-head in a lot of recruiting wars. Marcus Freeman is pushing the envelope a whole lot more in recruiting circles than Brian Kelly did. Can you put into perspective how big of a recruiting day it will be for Ohio State with Notre Dame in town? This is the biggest recruiting weekend for Ohio State since 2016's Michigan game when it was number two versus number three and everything was on the line. Um, I don't, I think everybody at Ohio state would actually agree with that. And, 
you know, you add the little layer of I don't want to rub it in the faces of Notre Dame. You add the, the layer of Keon Keeley's official visit to Ohio State sure. this weekend. You add you add in the, the 2024 uh, two, four, five-star safeties coming into town, a bunch of offensive linemen that, that Ohio State needs to, to make an impression on. Um, you know, just the, the list goes on and on. They, Ohio State actually had to start to limit how many recruits could come because they were just simply running out of, <laughs> of, of you know, recruit of passes and, and tickets for games and, and things like that. This game is the biggest recruiting event at Ohio State, again, since 2016, and that's, a, that's saying a lot because, you know, they hosted Oklahoma State in, or Oklahoma in 2017. They hosted Oregon last year. They've, they've played Michigan once at home since then in 2018. But, but this is definitely at the top of the list. If you talk about recruiting events at Ohio State, um, they're going to roll out the red carpet for that 7:30 kick on Saturday night, and, and the recruits are going to be able to see exactly what the horseshoe is about. The size of this weekend does that include Bronny James possibly being there? Uh, <laughs> unconfirmed. He's rumored to be potentially visiting. Unconfirmed, <laughs> but uh, if, if his dad wants in the stadium, I have a hard time thinking <laughs> Ohio State can turn that man away. Yeah, I think there's absolutely no doubt about that well this is going to be interesting spencer two top five teams notre dame ohio state iconic programs meeting to kick off a brand new season before i let you go i just want to get your initial thoughts on usc and ucla joining the big 10 and do you expect eventually the big 10 to get to 20 teams and will notre dame be one of those teams um usc and ucla joining the big 10 i think is good for the league i don't think it's good for college football um, you know, I, I'm pretty blunt when I say that. I, I just think that all this expansion and, and movement is, is not good for the sport. Centralizing it is, is going to have the, the opposite effect of, you know, getting more people interested because the power is going to continue to centralize um, with certain teams and certain leagues. But, you know, is, is Notre Dame going to be in that? Well, it's up to Jack Swarbrick. I mean, he, he, Notre Dame should have joined the Big Ten a long time ago, in my opinion, but, but the pride of being independent is something that goes with the tradition of the program, I, I mm-hmm. guess. That's what they want to do. Um, I'd have a hard time turning away a $100 million payday, and if I was the Big Ten, I would tell USC and, and Purdue and Indiana and Ohio State and Michigan and Michigan State, those schools that, that Notre Dame loves facing off against, hey, Notre Dame doesn't want in the league. We're not going to be playing them. That's, that's what I would do personally, and I would put the onus on Notre Dame to either join the league mm-hmm or the invite will never happen again, and, and you won't be able to play your rivals like Michigan and, and USC and Michigan State. But, you know, that's coming from an Ohio State perspective. Obviously, there's some scarlet-colored glasses there. Everybody at Ohio State sure. and around the program would love for Notre Dame to be in the league because it would add value. Um, but if Notre Dame still sees a path to be independent and get into the college football playoff as an independent and not have to worry about being in a conference and, and being one piece of a – 16 team pie then that's on Notre Dame but I, I just think that you know if there is one move in conference realignment that would help a lot of different factions it would be Notre Dame to the Big Ten and that just that's something that I don't think Notre Dame is interested in and as long as they can stay independent I think they will be independent. He is Spencer Holbrook on 3.com Buckeyes beat reporter check out his work at Letterman Row a lot of coverage of course on this matchup Ohio State and Notre Dame. Spencer, really appreciate your time and your insight on this matchup. Can't wait for Saturday night, and I know you'll have a front row seat for this particular matchup. Thank you so much for joining us. Greatly appreciate it. Hey, thank you for having me. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be a, a lot of fun to be in that stadium on Saturday. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> it's going to be rocking, no doubt. Spencer, take care. Thank you. Thank you. That is Spencer Holbrook. 
Letterman Row is the name of the website, on3.com. They cover all things Ohio State in the same family as Blue and Gold Illustrated, who covers Fighting Irish football. In fact, Mike Singer, Notre Dame football recruiting insider for Blue and Gold Illustrated, will join me in the 6 o'clock hour to talk some Notre Dame football recruiting. 5.50 on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Budweiser, the kid. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 